0: Yesterday was uh, Friday and uh, my work was a little bit less. So, and I had an invitation from the Indian School of Business in Hyderabad to go and attend a CXO Summit. Today, I would like to just talk about the CXO Summit and what happened and and, and I've attended quite a few conferences in the past, actually, if you really look at it. I try to you know make it a point to attend at least four conferences in a year primarily because it gives me an idea about what's happening in the industry and get to see all the the, the who's who on in the industry especially in india and uh, and what people are thinking and how the industry is growing and you know what's india doing specifically from a geopolitical standpoint in the it industry so you know i mix mix and match all that especially the the gcc thing is changing and i'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later. But that's one thing which is a point of interest for me. I I am always interested in the technology aspects, of course, and and that's a constant uh, source of motivation for me to go and attend these conferences. But that's not the only thing. So let me start by saying that I have attended many conferences in the past, but this one by far has been the best conference that I've attended so far. Primarily because the choice of topics was very interesting, first of all. Second of all, the people who were talking in it were Actually, one of the most intelligent people I've you know, encountered so far, and and the views and the ideas and the opinions that they have about things were very, very interesting. So I'll start with the keynote, and usually I find the keynote address very, very boring. Most of the conferences that I go to, the per- person who comes for the keynote address, is very boring. Uh, they talk about stuff that don't make sense to me or are not relevant for me, and so I usually end up going for coffee during the keynote. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, the keynote was actually very interesting this time. So the keynote speaker for this conference was Anand Nageshwar. He's the chief economic advisor for the government of India. And he spoke about the forces that shape our vision of tomorrow. And it was quite interesting. He talked about technology. He talked about businesses. He talked about finance and economics primarily macroeconomics. And he talked about the startup ecosystem that's developing in India and the the cost arbitrage, the talent arbitrage, the innovation arbitrage, and so on and so forth. So very, very interesting speech. After that, we went into a panel discussion with Mr. Vikas Swaroop and Mr. V.S. Parthasarathy. Again, this was a very, very interesting discussion. Well, it started off in a normal way, like every panel discussion starts off. And but then, what happened is suddenly, uh, Mr. V. S. Parthasarthi jumped in, and I've got to tell you this: he's got a fantastic sense of humor, and he's has got a, he's a lovely orator. Uh, he really engages with the people. A simple man, if you really look at him. But but the way he talks and the the analogies that he gives was absolutely amazing. So 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 one of the things that he said was he was referring. He was talking talking about something, and and suddenly he jumped into a song. He said that. There's this song, there's a very old Hindi song called, in which there is this uh, line that says, Milo nahi to ham rahe, milo to What it really means is, if you don't meet me, I get scared. But when you do come to meet me, I feel shy and hesitate. And immediately the room jumped into laughter and everybody started clapping. Well, actually, some people clapped. And then he says, if you want to clap, you know, clap properly you know give me a proper applause and then everybody started clapping so so basically very very engaging discussion and very interesting i'm not going to get into the details of the geopolitical risk management Uh, the topic of that panel discussion was geopolitical risk management and uh, they were talking about the ukraine situation and the hamas situation israel situation and so on and egypt and so on so and, and how it impacts our businesses, how it impacts our country at a macro level and then how it impacts the businesses and how those risks should be managed. So very, very interesting discussion there as well. And then there was this masterclass on diversity, equity and inclusion and its impact on innovation and performance of organizations by Professor Madan Pilutia. And, and this is a topic that is of... That's not of my interest, to be really honest, all right? There's a tremendous amount of work that's happening in our organization from diversity, equity, and inclusion. And don't get me wrong, I am pro it. I do sincerely believe that there should be diversity, equity, and inclusion within the organizations and that I do think that it brings uh, value to the organization and I promote it heavily and I put in effort and everything. It's just that I don't want to hear about it. I mean, I already know that it's important. I know that it's necessary. I know that we all must uh, put in the effort to you know, make our organization and our teams diverse and inclusive and everything. And I've got my opinions about meritocracy as well. But the point is, it's not something that I would like to go and listen to in a conference. All right. Uh, but I was there. And I didn't want to spend the whole hour having coffee outside because there's going to be a coffee break after that anyway. So I decided I'll just go and sit and let's see what he has to say and and he started the speech off by saying that he believes in reservation right he believes that uh, there should be some seats reserved for uh, underrepresented community of people whether it's women or lgbt community or people with disabilities or and so on and so forth and immediately you know i am against that to be very honest right i don't believe in reservation that much and um, I think it is necessary once in a while, but it should be looked at very carefully. I mean, when somebody starts a session by saying, you know, I am pro-reservation, I'm against it. I don't think there should be reservation like that. Uh, I think that there should be education rather than reservation. I think there should be sensitivity towards the underrepresented communities. And I think that it's a very important thing that they should be given the opportunity to show themselves, to prove themselves, to prove how well they can perform, etc., etc., Having reservation creates its own problem. So I was against it. So immediately I sort of zoned out. I started thinking about all the other sessions that were happening and other things in my life, what I need to do, what's going to be the topic of the next next podcast. I was starting I was, I was tweeting a little bit about the conference and so on. And then suddenly, I read a sentence there on the PowerPoint slide deck that was being presented uh, that he was showing research papers, um, you know research that has been done on diversity and inclusion. and, Quite counterintuitively, the statement that I read was that diversity, equity, and inclusion do not have a significant impact on the innovation and performance of the organizations. And he was saying that there is no business case for diversity, equity, and inclusion, which was very counterintuitive considering that he had started the speech by saying that he believes in reservation, right? But now that I think about it, it actually makes sense because he believes in reservation especially because there is no business case and then he says that there is no business case and then let's look at social cause it is a social cause we should everybody should be given an opportunity and so on and so forth and and I do agree with that and then the way the the session took a turn towards why there should be diversity equity and inclusion within organizations I was actually quite impressed I mean I it started off with turning me off and zoning me out, but it ended with me completely engaged with a ton of questions that I had. And he said that there is diversity, equity, and inclusion from a, a gender, race, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, standpoint. But at the bottom of all of that, there is cognitive diversity, right? We are not talking about gender diversity or, or ethnicity diversity or nationality diversity or uh, sexual preference diversity and so on and so forth. Those are just the symptoms or the... Or what you see on the top. What does all this diversity really give us, right? What, what does gender diversity or nationality diversity or ethnicity diversity or sexual preference diversity really give us? It really gives us cognitive diversity. That is the bottom of it, right? What are we really looking at? We're looking at newer ways of how people think, innovative ideas, thinking out of the box. Some, a woman would think very differently from a man. Right? An American would think very differently from an Indian or from a Japanese or from a Chinese or from a African. Right, Everybody has their own point of views and opinions and this is all found because of the upbringing and the uh, environment that they've seen all their lives. And that's what we're really looking for. We're looking for diverse ideas, diverse thought processes, innovative people, etc., etc. So it's really cognitive diversity that we should be aiming for rather than focusing on these other things. So very, very interesting. And then when the session ended, there were a lot of, uh, there's a barrage of questions because people sort of assumed that he's against diversity and inclusion because he had said that there is a paper that says that there is no business case in, and people barraged him with questions. And that is what I liked about the entire speech because it was a very courageous speech. Considering that this is a very controversial topic, I don't think that there was anything wrong with the way he presented the, the session because because I agreed with him on the topics and I also understood what he was trying to say although I did not agree with the reservation part but I still could empathize with him because the ideas were presented very beautifully. Of course there was a uh, a group of people who misunderstood him thinking that he is against diversity and there's a barrage of questions that they asked which were pointless really but my kudos to Professor Madan Pilutia for doing such a beautiful job with the presentation and I completely agree with him on that. And then the next panel discussion was with Venkat Vardarajan and Arindam Sen and Vikram Ahuja on global capability centers. And this is what I started my session off with today. Global capability centers are really global development centers. They used to call them earlier or offshore centers, basically. So in India, it started off with a cost arbitrage where India was a cheaper country, cheaper labor. So there were a lot of companies like I don't know microsoft and invesco and all these companies that i've worked for in the past and and jp morgan and so on they all had their centers in india and they call them global development centers to be honest to be because i started my career as a um, a software engineer so i worked for global development centers but they're not really global development centers they're global capability centers primarily because development is not the only thing that they do you know they do all kinds of stuff they're outsourcing the work to india so it started as a cost arbitrage but the The scene, the picture uh, is changing, right? Now they're doing a lot more than just saving money for the organizations. There are so many people who work out of India who are actually more expensive than American employees, or at least at par if you really think about it. And even if they are economically a little more viable than mainstream Western countries like America or UK, um, they are definitely more expensive than other countries like Mexico and Brazil and Indonesia and so on and so forth. But it's not really a cost arbitrage anymore. What it really, well, it, the cost arbitrage changed into a talent arbitrage. What that means is people don't come to India any anymore for saving money for cheaper labor. But because there is talent here, because they want uh, talented people, there's better education, there's better engineering services. I mean, basically, they're looking for talent rather than a cheaper workforce. But that is also slowly changing. It is also no longer talent arbitrage. I think uh, that's what we are focusing on. It's the beginning of the innovation arbitrage. So, Prime Minister Narendra Modi started an initiative called Make in India. Uh, that basically said that instead of you know, just taking work from others, we start building our own stuff, and and that's uh, you know beginning to show some signs of success. And we are turning from a a talent arbitrage into something more into innovation arbitrage and. And there's a lot of leadership that is now moving to India. There's a lot of strategic decisions that are being taken in India. And and that's what they talked about in the panel discussion. It was a very, very interesting discussion. I actually went into the conference for the Global Capability uh, Center discussion. Later on, found out that the other discussions were equally <laughs> interesting and impressive. After that, there was a panel discussion with Professor Bhagwan Chaudhary, Ipan Alexander Mithoot and Satyanandan Artyan. These are people in the financial services industries. And the discussion was about fintech models. So interesting discussion while on a technical level, it was a good discussion. But the star of this particular panel discussion was uh, Professor Bhagavan Chaudhary. Simple man, simply dressed. And while people were there with suits and ties and everything, he was a simple man with a simple shirt and a trouser. And... But the way he engaged the people, it was absolutely amazing. Um, Cracked jokes, made fun of the panelists, made fun of the audience, uh, got everybody going really. And although it ended with that particular panel discussion, and I also have a picture with him, because I was so impressed. And I also have a YouTube channel for my motorcycle trips called Motorcycle Meditations. And if Any of you are interested in that kind of stuff, please, uh, you know, look up Motorcycle Meditations on YouTube and you'll find me there. And many other times when I'm on a motorcycle trip, people would come along, come, come around me and they would want to take a selfie or a photograph with me. I always used to wonder why they want to do this, because I'm a stranger after all, and they want to take a picture with me. Didn't ever make sense to me. But after listening to Professor Bhagwan Chaudhary uh, in the panel discussion, I wanted to take a picture with him and uh, I requested him and he obliged and we I now have a picture with him and very, very impressive personality. I don't know if he has a YouTube channel or something, but he definitely should be. He teaches all kinds of stuff, blockchain, finance. He's a finance guru. It was an absolute pleasure listening to him. Now, this is Enterprise Architecture Radio and today I've talked about the CXO Summit. Um, And these are all topics which are relevant to CXOs. Now, I haven't talked about technology or architecture or enterprise architecture or organizational design or any of that sort today. But I did want to talk about the CXO Summit because, well, enterprise architecture is primarily uh, CXO support, right? Enterprise architects go and support the CXOs to uh, understand their business, to help them with strategy and to build the roadmap ahead. And this CXO Summit, I think, was very, very enlightening to me. So I attend these conferences for this very reason. And I encourage all of you to also take the opportunity to attend as many conferences that you can. Of course, there are the celebrity conferences. <laughs> conferences, uh, Celebrity conferences, I say, because these are conferences which are like celebrities, like the uh, AWS reInvent and so on in Las Vegas and all. I'm not saying that you go and attend those, but there will definitely be local conferences in your city, in your town or nearby town. Uh, that I think you should attend. It's a good opportunity to network with people. I met some very interesting uh, people uh, after. So there was dinner and cocktails in the end and I met some very interesting people there as well. So, so good fun. I'd like to end this episode once again by reminding you that Enterprise Architecture Radio is not just a podcast. It is a community of enterprise architects coming together, working with each other, helping each other out, learning from each other. But most importantly, having fun that's all i have for you today folks i hope you enjoyed the show more about organizational agility innovation and enterprise architecture in the practical world in the business right here on the show but before i end the show i want you to help me out with this one little thing pause the show and share this podcast via whatsapp or text message with at least one person who might be interested in the show it could be anyone your colleague your boss someone in your team That's all I ask. Just one share with one message via text or WhatsApp or any social media of your choice. And it would go a long way in supporting this podcast and growing this listener base. Also, please don't forget to follow the podcast. That way, you'll get notified when we publish a new episode. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, please feel free to write to me directly. Uh, we also have a Telegram group if you would like to contribute to the EA discussions or what have you. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio on Telegram. Or the URL to join the group is https://t.me/slash architecture radio. While our contact details are there in the show notes, we are very easy to find. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio anywhere: Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even Discord once again i hope you had fun and i'll see you in the next one